Hello and welcome to another episode of We Ain't Got No Podcast. Um, I'm Ram and this is Jimmy. Hello. Hello, everyone. And our special guest today is another member from the community. His name is Ale, which is also the username he goes by. Hello there. Good to have you on today. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yep. I think we're all very glad in general as well. Mm-hmm. So... Before we get into discussing the very good experience that was yesterday's game, let's talk a bit about you first, Ale. So, do you want to tell us how you started supporting Chelsea? Yes. Um, so, one day I just I, I was really I was little then, two thousand and six. Uh-huh. So I walked into my living room and. I saw a team on blue playing mm-hmm. against another on red. Now, I hope that uh, was Man United. I, I, I think so. I'm, I'm not sure because I was really little then. And the only thing I was attracted by was um, the color of the jerseys, all mm-hmm. of the jerseys they were putting on. And one dark, um, dark guy, that was Drogba with his funny hair. So, um, yeah. That was basically how I saw them, and they won, and I was I was happy and decided, yeah, yeah, which brilliant, you know, yeah. full of this thing. Brilliant. Um, I, I think you've been part of the community itself for maybe just over a year now. Is that is that correct? Yes, yes, should be over a year now, just about. That's great. Yeah, right. Uh, you're a, you're I mean, you're obviously a regular on the daily and audio and. The comment sections on most of the articles, as I've seen. Um, how long? I mean, has has that been like? Has one year been your um, period of activeness as a commenter as well, or were you looking on the website before it, as many of us tend to do? Yeah, I, I did that for about um, two years. I did not have a profile or an account in the um, uh-huh. community, but I, you know, looked around for a couple of years for. Decided to join in. That's cool. Well, if uh, if you're listening to this and you're also someone who doesn't have a profile or uh, anything on We and Got No History, then I'd advise you to join because it's pretty fun and you could probably be on the podcast as well. <laughs> anyway, um, let's get down to discussing the game, I guess. Uh, Yay! Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he... sorry, sorry, Ale, I. I isn't supposed to be disrespectful. I was very interested in your story, but yesterday still got me so euphoric. I'm just oh, really yeah. looking forward to, to us getting into this. Nothing we can yeah. relate to that. So, Jimmy, uh, yeah. you clearly you clearly can't wait to get going. So, why don't you do that? <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah. Let's. I don't know actually where to start. I'm still so ecstatic after yesterday. This is one of those wins where you know this Ix might not be of the caliber of Real Madrid or uh, Barcelona but you know mm-hmm. at the at the level where we currently find ourselves in this year of transition and we've got such a young squad given they do as well um it's just so important for the confidence that we grinded out that result we were quite good i wouldn't agree with some assessments that say we were the better team because I think Ajax also was quite threatening at times. Um, I mean, they hit the bar. They were very unlucky there. They could have theoretically um, 
even gone ahead. You know, that was really close, that offside. I think we can still discuss that. I'd like to hear your yeah, opinion on that. Um, but, you know, I, I, that's the kind of result where you think that can lift the whole team for, I don't want to say for the rest of the season, but, you know, this, these are going to be some very difficult uh, few weeks ahead of us, right? And yeah. um, And having that win to boost morale and have this 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 confidence going into games the bigger games even though we still got a quite light um how shall i say uh fixture list comparatively mm-hmm. still you know that that's that's great i i'm absolutely ecstatic and um that the youth played a major role in this that's just extra bonus nursing on the cake isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's the case and i gotta say mason mount back to his best yesterday but man of the match for me i don't know you know we we can say mishy bash because he scored the goal or christian pulisic who was brilliant when he came on but mm-hmm. for me our central defense was great but says as take a bow I cannot believe how imperious he yes he was yesterday. After all the slack he's gotten this this season, yeah. And you know, uh, to be fair, I have been very uh, critical of him as well. So you know, it's good on him. Enjoy it, and I hope he can continue to bring that form into the next game and the one after. Yeah, a player bouncing back from a not-so-nice run of form is, I mean, you'll have to see it, don't you? Mm, mm. Um, yeah, I mean, you raised a lot of good talking points there, and one of them that I would like to maybe contest you on a little bit is the fact that you didn't, uh, you wouldn't agree with assessments that suggested that we were the better team. Um, when I was watching, I expected, firstly, I expected a lot more from Ajax, so maybe them being poor had to do something with it, but I thought we looked quite good and I thought that Ajax didn't particularly threaten us. I mean, I, I will concede that, uh, yeah, you mentioned that they hit the bar, but that was from a set piece, which obviously counts, but like when you're talking about open play, that offside, I mean, uh, the the contentious call by VAR was probably the best chance they had and that came out of an individual error from us. Like but we they lost had it. a few other ones, Ram. If you think in the first half, there were like Van der, was it Van der? Be- no, Veltman had that good shot, and there were about two or three others where I'm not. I'm, look, I'm not saying that we played badly. We're not you know the exact opposite. We were fantastic yesterday, but mm-hmm. we were prone to getting uh, hit on the break because Ajax is a very quick team, and Zicek. Oh, Ziek, sorry. Ziek. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he can cause you problems, and he showed that yesterday. I'm, I'm quite baffled that he hasn't been picked up by any team, or he wasn't picked up in the summer by any team. But, you know, whatever, that's a different topic. Yeah. We, we deserve to win the game because we scored the goal. It's as simple as that. And, mm-hmm. and we did do enough to be considered to we deserve to win the game but i wouldn't say that we were always the better side because in the second half we were the better side but in the first half it was very open okay yeah i mean 
Mm, yeah, I guess it was. But I felt that after a point, we, I mean, we stopped them from really threatening us. Maybe that got improved in the second half and maybe they had the lion's share of chances in the first half. But I thought that we played quite well to stifle a lot of their game because we didn't press as high as we usually do. We implemented some something of a lower mid-block, I guess, and won it back in midfield a lot. And they were obviously quite sloppy in possession as well in the attack and third. And that helped. But yeah, in, in the first half, we were, I mean, tending to go a little more direct. And we kind of took the game by the scruff of the neck in the second. And I think that that was that was good tactical play by Lampard. And I I appreciate I appreciate how much he is learning every week. I I think you can see it. And obviously substitutes change the game, but that's probably a different talking point. But I just I just want to ask you, uh, Ale, if you I mean, how did you gauge the general flow of the game yesterday? Did you feel that both sides were evenly matched and Chelsea nicked it because of a moment of you know good individual play by Christian Pulisic and Nachi Bachwai, or did you feel that against i mean the the way things went we we deserved the win we created enough chances to justify the scoreline well um i'll say the on balance of play we deserved to win but it was a very tight game um now i'm sorry can, can you hear me yeah, 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 yeah. We can hear you. You can hear me. Okay, mm-hmm. perfect. Oh, that's so, okay. Um, um, on Ajax, uh, I'll say that from if you asked a neutral, from a neutral's perspective, from neutral's perspective of the game, it was probably a letdown in the sense that in the sense that when uh, when most fans um, when all supporters were anticipating the game between Ajax and Chelsea, we probably thought we were going to see some, you know, ridiculous call and like 3-3, you know, back and forth, an exciting game. It was a bit more, you know, it was cagey than I expected it to be, and it was, you know, it was a bit scrappy. Down to the fact that, obviously, um, the Ajax as a team are not, were not quite as fluid yeah, in this game, as they were, and well, oh, well, all the way back last season, even I've seen them a few times this season, and they've not been at their fluid best. Obviously, losing some important players will do that to you. But on the balance of play, I'll say, yeah, we did deserve to win because apart from the first half, where it cost us some problems, and you know, we are, we struggled to adjust their intensity initially. We eventually, you know, were able to play ourselves back into the game and get a general control in midfield. Um, Jorginho and Kovacic were instrumental in uh, ensuring that we did that. Because if you notice in the first half, um, the major reason Ajax were able to control the game and, you know, sustain their attacks and also sustain their pressure was because um, the big and um, Van de Beek and um, Lissandro Martinez were given special duties to mark both Jorginho, particularly Jorginho and Kovacic out of the game. So 
Mm-hmm. And the first half, he struggled to get, gain any sort of control over the game. But as the game wore on, um, Virginia and Kovacic, Kovacic began to, you know, if, you know, gain some influence and some control. And eventually, that all were able to dominate their midfield. Unlike last year, perhaps, where they had more, um, where they had Dijong and Shona. And those were probably more um, technical players than the ones they have at the base of their midfield currently. currently. Mm-hmm. So we're able to um, superior due to superior um, technicality and you know tactical nerves, we're able to gain some control in mid- gain more control in midfield than we initially had, and that enabled us to play our way back into the game before you know bringing on our subs, which were obviously of higher quality than um, probably anything Ajax could muster from the bench themselves. And you know we're able to eventually take the game up, take the game from them. Now that's not to say that we won it just because you know we had better players per se, but I think tactically we handled them very well. We pressed them, we didn't give them any time on the ball, and yeah, on balance of play we're better. The one zero scoreline probably reflects the game. It wasn't it wasn't as great as many expected it to be, but yeah, solid game from us. Okay, fair enough. Um, I noticed that your Skype icon is the bat bat symbol. <laughs> so, uh, how how good how good was it to see Michi Bachuai pop up with that late winner again, and assisted by Pulisic to um, to what we might not think of as a coincidence anymore, <laughs> given how many times it's happened over Dortmund and Chelsea. <laughs> well, um, the bat icon is because I'm a big um, Batman fanboy, not really because of Batshuayi, but yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> nice coincidence, by the way. But I didn't. I wasn't thinking of him. I was thinking more Batman. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, I was. Um, I was. I was happy for them actually because um, again, if you've been on the site, you'd know that I'm a big Pulisic fan, big fan of him. Um, and you know, there has been a raging um, debate about whether I should start or not, and. But before I get to them, I just can't say my opinion on that is it's not really that big a problem per se, because obviously as I think Lampard has handled him very well. He could get more, he could have gotten more minutes. You know, there's a one month period where he didn't see he didn't get any game time in the Premier League or Champions League, even what was left out of the squad once. But I think by and large it's been okay. Normal adaptation period. I think everyone I think everyone's getting overly, overly excited. But as to their impact, um, yes, I think coming on against a team that had, had already ran itself um, into the ground, you know, everyone at, at the time they came on, you know, everyone had done a lot of running, lots of heavy work. So people were starting to, players were starting to tire out. And Dest himself mm-hmm. had not um, had a particularly great game defensively. You know, uh-huh. Callum had... Um, Callum had wasted a few opportunities before then, but he managed to actually get past him a few times. But police coming on, you could tell, and this I see, this is where I give Lampard credit. He could easily have just put Pulisic on the right side and left mm-hmm. um, Callum on the left, but he yeah. moved Callum over to the right side and put a fresh Pulisic on on the left side against Dest, and he ran him ragged for the what thirty odd minutes yeah. he was. And the field of play. I said that was like 25, that. something about that. 25 minutes of, of play. 
it was I think that was that was a brilliant decision by Lampard to you know switch them. Usually I expected Pulisic to come on the right side for William, but putting him there, and you see it's obviously resulted in the goal. He took him on and he beat him and yeah, let's do the goal. I think Bashoya, yeah, was... so he wasted. <laughs> no, but the, Bashoya. Was... Okay. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was I was just uh, pointing at that. Um... When when Pulisic came on, did you see that little moment he had with Dest, where he went in, he sort of winked to him. Obviously, he was he was you know saying hello or whatever since they're international teammates. But that was um, a sign of interesting things to come because he basically ran yeah. a bracket for the next twenty five minutes, sure. which was really cool. And um, just just the fact that Michi Batshuayi is sort of ahead of Olivier Giroud in the pecking order now is also like it's a it's a nice development that. It's been. I mean, he's he's a, obviously a returning loanee, like Kurzuma, and it's just it's transfer ban and everything considered. It's just nice to see these players getting their chances again and do, and taking them. So that was that was cool. And uh, J- Jimmy, actually, um, mm. I I think that Pulisic on the left, Hudson Odoi on the right, and Abraham up front is probably our strongest front three. I mean, I I really want to see that for. An extended duration sometime soon. What do you think? What do you think about that? Well, I, I, I'd be perfectly fine with that. I think Callum already showed in last year's Europa League season that he's very much capable of playing on the right. And um, to you know, a very successful uh, extent, he got in quite a few uh, assists. He was always dangerous. And the good thing with Callum is that he can just threaten no matter where he is on the field. And that's something which, for me personally, uh, makes a break, uh, make or breaks the, um, if that's a really world-class player. Of course, he's not world-class yet, but he has everything you need to one day become someone who can be put into the top bracket. And, um, yeah, so... I I I really do think that that could work fine uh, in the future, and I think because he doesn't, uh, Lampard's still very cautious with Pulisic. Put him on the left side because that where is the position where his dad also said that's where he feels uh, more at home than on the right. We mm-hmm. there were a lot of concerns. Could he be like William that on the right he's not you know as decisive enough, and you know there's not the end product. Because he's got the speed and the technique, we all know that. But the end product has had problems. He has had problems with that at times in the past. And on the left, he's been good. You know, he's been really shined on the left. So, if you have someone who can do that there, even though he might have been purchased for the right, I don't. I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Just that's what we fans expected because he played there primarily for Dortmund. Yeah. Then that, that's fine, you know, and um, I, I really don't think that Callum Hudson-Odoi cares at all because he can do it from both sides. Um, but talking about Callum Hudson-Odoi, if I might just, um, you know, uh, link this, the, the two topics. I was yeah. absolutely shocked by some comments during that first calf yesterday. I also vented on the live read as well because I thought yeah. it was absolutely atrocious by some people to call for Lampard to, to sub him. I mean, thankfully on the on in when on the history we don't have people that then immediately um you know curse him and use vile language to describe his display. 
Twitter wasn't as uh, nice to him there. And I thought it was ridiculous. He's been so, so good these last since returning these last few weeks. He's shined every time, more or less. Okay, he didn't have the best of halves from the perspective of did he convert his chances? No. And he has had that problem ever since returning to fitness. I also understand that. However, he got in the right positions. We were carving Ajax open on the left. They were giving him well, they had to give him so much space because we were pressing. We The movement was great and his movement was fantastic. There were quite a few balls that found him. Okay, maybe he has to do he has to do better. Not maybe, he has to do better on the chances. I'll mm-hmm. absolutely um, agree with anyone who says that. But, you know, calling for him to be subbed during the first half is ludicrous. And actually, you know, that's just childish. No, for you, sure. You, you do not rob a youngster of all his confidence by subbing him in the first half for a performance which you know it wasn't the best but we've had far worse performances recently um where you think my god that that was so diet well not recently actually no but in the first weeks of the season or last season you know at times and that was nowhere near as bad yeah, yeah. and then people are people are calling for that i, I just there's so much hate uh, stored up against some of the youth products, just waiting for them to to fail. Sometimes it feels it's just disgusting, and I really hope that people come to their senses and just you know, if he has a bad half, not even him, just also Tomori, who has also had some um, some instances where you know he's been great on the ball and defending, but he misplaced the pass. So yeah. I just had to take a stand there for our youth products. They will have bad games. Mount had a few lackluster ones recently, but now yesterday he was back to his best. He had a pretty good game, didn't he? It's this is you know he was hounding that IX uh, midfield, and I love yeah. it. He's he will give it his absolute all, and anyone who really criticised Callum Hudson Die get a grip. You know you can criticise him, but no, that actually please let me take that back. You can criticise him, please do. But anyone who called for him to be subbed in the first half, get a grip. That's what I want to say. Yeah, for for sure. I mean, those are those are some pretty weird takes. <laughs> um, for for what it's worth, I mean, it, it's all part of the process, isn't it? That they're obviously going to have games where they're not playing so well, and he, even by by Callum's high standards, he probably did have a poor first half. But I think the positive to take from that was. That he was really involved in things. He was getting into the right areas to receive the ball. And he was driving at the defense. It was just his decision-making once he got in and around the penalty area. And some of the short execution was not so great. But in, in a way, it it might have I mean, not been so bad that Lampard let him ride out the 90. Um, and, you know, let him sort it out for himself. And I, I guess a lot of it is just due to fatigue as well. Because at the end of the day, he's come back from pretty major injury. And... He played. He played an absolute blinder against Newcastle, and he. I mean, there was there were like three days of rest between this game and that one. So I mean, it's it's very very understandable. So yeah, um, we will break for a short break, hmm. and we will get back to some more talking points from the game, and probably breach that other game that happened as well when we beat you know Newcastle United. So we'll be back. Okay. And we are back. We have been 
talking about yesterday's brilliant win against a uh, very young but talented Ajax squad. Um, the team spirit was fantastic yesterday. We have um, spoken about a few individual performances which were fantastic. Uh, I think there is actually one player which isn't necessarily... Uh, one can't really necessarily define as a youth player anymore, but still was mm-hmm. fantastic. Kurt Zuma and also Mishi Bashwai. Yeah. Um, starting with Kurt Zuma. Boy, did he have a shaky start to the season, but he has nailed it that starting place on for, uh, you know, has it nailed on for him at the moment, if you ask me, because even yep. with Rudiger coming back, Tomori's been fantastic. Kurt Zuma, they just. They seem to have a good chemistry. So, um, Alo, what, what, what do you think? How could Kazuma's uh, recent great performances contribute to him um, more or less making that one centre-back berth uh, his for the future or for the remainder of the season even? It's just going to be a battle royale, isn't it, between all centre-backs now. Everyone's going to be playing really well. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, on that, I'll, I'll say that I think this past few games where um, Christensen and um, Rüdiger have been unavailable, um, I think Tomori and Zuma have contributed massively to our, um, I think, what's three goals in six, seven games we've considered, just three goals, I think, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. Um, they've contributed massively to um, that general improvement. Also, our defending has, general defending has gotten better, our set-piece defending oh, still iffy, but certainly gotten better. But I'll say that, Steve, as I said, they've contributed massively, and um, Zuma personally started the season off in, quite frankly, atrocious fashion. He was ridiculously shaky. His passing was still is a bit shaky. But his general defending has been near exceptional, along with Tomori, has had a few shaky moments. I think that um, it was important after the start of the season that, you know, that um, he probably sat out a few games, you know, got himself back, put himself back together and did not lose any confidence because it could have been so easy to just, you know, fall into the abyss like we've seen with um, Christensen for a bit, he just he seemed to just completely go off and stagnated. And it would have been ridiculously easy, it would have been really easy to see for that to happen, but I'm quite pleased that he, he has, you know, stood up to the challenge and you know, gotten better. I think, as you said, yeah, it's, it's a very battery between all four of our centre-backs. My, I think, as is well-known in the community, my personal um, so for me to see, um, well, we're all in one way or the other bias. My personal favorite between all of them is probably due to his defensive style is Christensen. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just I enjoyed the way he, he's subtle with his defense, with his defending. He just when when his defense is subtle, he just you know he picks the right positions to bear. He's very quick, but really ever needs to show it. Hence the reason I think people just kind of assume that he's probably slow. Uh, his position yeah. is just, it's amazing in my opinion. Most people just, most people look at him and, you know, when he, 
when he goes on a sprint to maybe keep up with an attacker, people are like, oh, he's deceptively quick. But in truth, he's just generally quick, but you can't tell because really ever has to use it. Um, well, I think that, as you said, yeah, it's, it's a bit, um, it would be good to see who comes out on top. And maybe by the end of the season, the argument about us needing a top class CB, which I personally am um, on that side of the argument for now. Um, maybe that may not be the case by the end, end of the season, but well, we shall see about that when we get there. Mm, 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 mm. I mean, that that's a very balanced and uh, I think that's the best assessment they can give at the moment because one can't possibly know if someone like Kazuma can then replicate this, this form for a longer stretch of time but um you know he's taking his chances um, as you already said and one thing one also has to say is that next to christian pulisic that has been very patient is that mishibashwa has also been very patient and he scored the winner yesterday and despite having a, a clear chance about what was it three or four minutes prior and maybe it was actually five or yeah really really Um, (laughs) yeah that that i think it can't get any clearer maybe he was a bit surprised because um you know the 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 ball it was a bit of luck it was a stroke of luck that that ball yeah it was it was like deflected yeah but you would nevertheless expect him to keep that at least on target you know get that put that anywhere place that anywhere and it's mm-hmm. in and mm-hmm. that that was a bit of a problem but he scored the goal and thus all's forgotten ram what did you make of mishibashwai's performance um yeah i mean before before he got the goal i wasn't very impressed <laughs> to be honest um what what i was thinking about was how abraham was actually you know pretty clearly first try striker as things stood <laughs> Um, because, I mean, not not least because Bachuai missed that really, really good chance, but he, well, you know, whenever he comes on, you can see that he's really, really hungry and he is desperate to make an impression, but I think that that sometimes also leads to him getting a little, little over-exuberant and making the wrong decisions in open play at times, and that's what I found to be the case a few times after he did come on, but... You know, I, I mean, at, at the end of the day, he provided that solid impact and he, he scored the goal. And, you know, he 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 really should have set Reese James up for goal as well. Uh, just just after he scored the goal, he also he had a really, really good chance to create it for someone else. But he took the shot himself because, yeah, as, as I mentioned, we, we can see how desperate he is to make his way up the pecking order of strikers and... Yeah, I think he's he's done he's done enough to keep himself at second choice, unfortunately for Olivier Giroud. But I don't think that Michibachuai is displacing Abraham anytime soon because I just I just see a lot more in Abraham's game and I see it improving every week. So obviously that that's no slight on Bachuai and I'm very happy that he's involved regularly again after uh, you know being at the doghouse for the last two two ish seasons. So, so yeah, it's 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 really it's really nice to see him back, you know, because we we obviously love him as a character, and he's he's a tenacious striker. I just um I just think that Abraham is, you know, 
some way ahead of him right now. But but as far as you know, second choice options goes, uh, second choice options go. Um, we're in a good place with Michi Bachuai over there coming on in games and running down tired defenses. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned Olivier Giroud. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he did get the chance uh, after the thrashing that we had at the hand of uh, what's am I call it? Man, Man, Man United. And, um, you know, he didn't take it. Mishi Bashwa had to wait. He had problems in training, I think, at first. But he nevertheless took his chances now. They have a good chemistry going, Pulisic and Bashwa, which isn't surprising as they know each other, of course, from Dortmund. But yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You know, um, he's got that nailed on. And I would rate him a bit higher, maybe. Uh, but I always have. I really like Mishi Bashwai. Uh, I think he's mm-hmm. an absolute fantastic poacher of the ball. Uh, okay, yeah, yesterday that first chance was maybe a bad example uh, for me to argue that he is exactly that. Um, but. Still, you know, he if there's one thing he can really do well normally, then that's finishing. And, um, you know, he's he's scored some crunch goals, you know, in against yep. Atletico, uh, yeah, yeah. against West Brom, of course, though. West you know, Brom. That, yeah, I mean, but we could have won that in the next game or whatever, you know. I mean, that's not like the huge one, but against it was Atletico, a it was yeah. a special moment, yeah, exactly. It was more the moment which was special, not the goal as such, because, you know, yeah, we yeah. could have won it in the next game. But, of course, we wanted to win it there, and we did, which is great. And we'll always remember him for that. But the game against Atletico, crunch game, and we, we he scored there, uh, was, you know, positioned perfectly to slot it home. And yesterday, again, and big shout-out to Marcus Alonso, not his biggest fan, but he did very well to... Uh, use his body and use his strength to let it go through to Mishibashwai. I wouldn't call it a dummy as such. Uh, <laughs> he was just very aware of yeah. his surrounding, and that you have to give it to him. He's fantastic in the box. I really wouldn't mind him, you know, playing as a str- well, not anymore because we've got Tammy Abraham. <laughs> but you know, at times over the last few years, I really wouldn't have minded it him just to be up front because he's just that good at finishing if you ask me but yeah whatever um so much for of course those performances i think we don't really have to talk about the game at the weekends uh, <laughs> kind of less excited about it now aren't we <laughs> less excited yeah i mean still we got three points that was very important um yeah. But I think maybe if there's um one talking point from that game, it is it's the way we approached a team with a pretty low block for the first time this season, I guess. Right? Okay, yeah. Um because because Newcastle set up um more defensively than any of our other opponents. Very true. So so I I think I mean uh, what do you think was key to breaking them down. I mean, obviously, Kovacic made a difference. Is that, I mean, is, is that really the way to go? Is that the difference between us and Maurizio Sarri's team failing to break down a lot of low blocks last season? Um, well, personally, I'd say yes. Um, because I, I really like Maurizio Sarri. I still do. Don't care if people hate me for that. But um, 
the way he played it was just a bit you know linear and yeah, people yeah. Uh, or people teams were able to figure that out lampard is has no problem with changing things around during a game which this is actually one of the traits which i love most about a manager because i like flexibility you know Absolutely. if if something doesn't work you're going to just have to try something different that can go horribly wrong but you know thankfully up until now it hasn't and mm-hmm. um he tweaked the systems uh, yesterday again you know yesterday again did uh, change things around a bit so that mount played behind abraham at one point uh instead of where he was playing beforehand and that worked out quite well as well and against newcastle as you said it's just it's great to see and it was so 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 uh, important for us to beat a team which has such a well was you know so deep in their own half and um was defending very uh, deep so yeah yeah but i wouldn't have expected less from steve bruce you know that's all he can do as a man he's a very You're a big fan of Steve fan. Bruce aren't you yeah i i absolutely despise him he's a, he's a sam allardyce <laughs> oh. manager oh. so yeah but anyway you know who cares about steve bruce so yeah um yeah. but yeah i i agree that will be the main takeaway there i mean we have another game coming up thankfully on saturday yes, against um the mighty burnley and sean dyche Mm-hmm. Burnley has <sighs> developed to somewhat of a a team one can hate as a Chelsea fan. Uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> Ashley Barnes, everyone wants to punch him in the face at some point. He's been, he's been doing really well <laughs> lately. Yeah, he has. You know, And to be fair, from an Austrian perspective, I really would have liked to have seen him be able to uh, play for the national team because of his grandmother. Oh, yeah, he's Austrian, yeah. Um, well, he's not Austrian. He has nothing he's, to do with Austria. I think it was uh, like in Austria... Yeah twice in his life but he would have had the possibility to get a passport and the austrian football association were looking into that but then at some point even though they're already far into the process of doing it it broke down and he was quite disappointed which i can understand he would have been good because our mark and out mark up front isn't this long-term solution even though Mm -hmm. ashley barnes is already 29 as well but i'm getting off track sorry um (laughs) getting sidetracked point is they have some very unlikable traits about them. The Ashley Barnes is the tackle on Nemanja Matic being one of those moments where one has to say, I really want them to get relegated. So I wouldn't mind us beating the absolute <clears throat> out of them on Saturday. What do our, what, how are our chances are? We, I mean, we've got six wins on the trot. At some point you'd expect it to end. Maybe that's me being a pessimistic, but Ali, what do you think? Um, what can we expect from our game on Saturday? Where, if I'm not mistaken, we're away, right? We're playing away at Turf Yeah. Or... Yeah. Um, first, I just want to get it out there, get it out there that I absolutely despise Burnley as a team. I, wow, okay. I, I just, I, I, I wish they could just like go away, like just go, <laughs> go back down to the championship, just go. Wow. Sincerely. <laughs> Just, I, I, I just why is that? Like why that. is that? Is it because they play like four four two? No, 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 no. It has nothing to do about with them doing it. Play, play as you want. Play with what gives you the best chance of winning. But they are they are such a physical bordering on 
dirty team. And mm-hmm. you know, and when and when they play and you know they are throwing in all, all those ridiculous challenges, you know, and you know, almost like it's like they they're trying to you know hurt the opposition while trying to get get one over them. At the same time, when you touch a single one of their players, any one of their players just roll around and it's 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 irritating at times. I don't know. I don't know. Probably shouldn't be speaking like this on on a podcast or what. I, I generally do not just like them as a team. I mean, for example, Bruce, Steve Bruce plays in you know, what I consider also well, basic and you know nineties, if you will. Or uh, I don't know, maybe he's he's slightly more likable than Dyke, Dyke or whatever he's called. But as for the game on um, Saturday, obviously once again I expect it to be tough, but yeah. Uh, Think in a good in a good run of form, and I think they really test us in terms of you know so far we there's a general consensus that we've gotten better at set pieces. I think we have, but I think Burnley will be a real test because you know they have multiple ways of hurting you. Yeah, you know, with yeah. Their, they have they have the physical players, they have the height, they have the tall players, they have have the height and the physicality to hurt us in set pieces and generally crosses into the box. So that's yeah. another thing that we we have to be careful with. I think they'll be very direct, so I don't think our high press will particularly work on them because they'll just, you know, hit it long anyway. But they'll be they'll be tougher. I, I expect us to once again be professional, like we have been so far. We've been we've ground out a few wins. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect it to be tough. I expect them to obviously be physical and. They'll try to rough up our younger players, you know, see what they're made of. I totally expect Probably. them to do that. It, Probably. It's, like it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's something I completely expect the Burnley team to do, rough up, you know, target the younger the younger players, see if they can shake them a little, you know, shake them of their rhythm and of their, or the, all the excitement from the Ajax game and all that. Yeah. Uh, um, that's... that's that's particularly what I think about Burnley. As to us, um, I'll say that I don't know. Maybe do I go into this based on? Do I go into this like um, doing going to what we expect to see from the team or what we we, will... what kind of team we expect to see out there? Mm. Yeah, um, good that you mentioned that because we will actually take another short break and then we'll come back and we'll discuss some more things about the game, such as you know, the type of lineup we can expect and then predictions as well, among some others maybe. So, yeah, we'll just be right back. And we are back. Um, we have moved on from our initial analysis and discussion about the IX game to Saturday's fixture against Burnley away. Um, we have decided on that Burnley is a dirty team and no one likes them. So that's... That's been said. Um, <laughs> and also that they deserve to go into the horrible championship where... You know what? Um, <laughs> I, I think that uh, the championship is not horrible, but that, that's not what I was getting at. I, I was uh, just trying to trigger you, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you succeeded. But what, what I also wanted to say was, um, I think that we we don't give Burnley enough credit uh, some people might hate, hate me. For, yeah, I agree. No, no. So, some people might hate me for saying this, and that—that's not to say that, um, you know, I, uh, 
would not reprimand something like Ashley Barnes stamping players, which is obviously something that should just be stamped out of the game altogether. But uh, the fact that Sean Dyke has taken them all the way to the Europa League on a, on what is really a shoestring budget and kept his squad more or less constant over the years is, you know, not 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 that bad a thing. And I often wonder what Sean Dyke would be like at another club such as i don't know everton or something uh but yeah it's but burnley do what they need to do to survive and yeah. that it's it's working for them so far that they're, they're yeah they're not doing i have doing as I, said before, I have i have absolutely no problem with that so i'm, I'm yeah. fine with you know i'm i just it's not their playing style per se i mean what fun would it be if everyone just came on, you know, played open and, you know, let's no, have yeah, a right. day. Let's, let's, you're right. Let's, yeah, let's that is... I, was, yeah. I was talking about, about their, their, their necessary physicality. Maybe, maybe uh, no, I see it as necessary. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I, I would like it if they were less physical as well. Uh, however, um, our, our young players have faced a lot of physical teams in the championship, which you just spoke of. And that, that should actually see them put in good stead for this because you know um uh teams some teams in the championship like to play in a similar manner to burnley like perhaps millwall last season or rotherham at times and maybe even birmingham city under gary, under, uh, gary monk so it, that, that's not to say that they haven't been up against some these sort of challenges before so hopefully they'll be They'll know what to expect and how to tackle it. But yeah, anyway, um, what 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 sort of team do we think that we might see? I mean, we've we've just played two important. I mean, we played a really important game in midweek, and we played a game that we won. Let's say uh, against Newcastle on the weekend. So, is this a one that Frank Lampard rotates for? Does Pulisic start? Does Hudson Odoi get some rest? What do you, what do we think about the lineup, Ale? Well, I think I'd probably prefer if we are probably um, want us to go with you know the usual 43 that we've gone with so far, you know balance of solidity and while also giving us some attacking threat because Burnley are probably not going to be open for us to you know walk through them. So we're going to need to balance that out, you know have enough creative players on the field to open them up while not being completely you know bullied or played of the park with their physicality in, in midfield. Um, as for um, whether policy should start or not, uh, I mean, I do want him to get more minutes. I mean, I've been screaming that relentlessly. But maybe not as a starter just yet. Maybe he could still, you know, come off the bench. But then the question comes, question becomes who starts because Callum was quite visibly, I don't know, maybe he was fatigued or he was just generally tired or did not have his best game against. How could you not start? For, um, so good, though. Well, as I said, just to reiterate, I am a big fan. Everyone knows that. But I, at the same time, while I'm a big fan and I want him to get more minutes, I'm still on the side of you know, caution, you know, still he's him in, you know, sub-appearances, Okay. he's he has recently so far he struggled with the physicality. You could tell the difference between some of his performances. It was one of the reasons why I was quite um I'll say I was disappointed he didn't start 
in our previous two champ our previous um Champions League games because I, I thought or in my personal opinion games in Europe are obviously less physical and he has already adapted to that level and played better teams than the ones we are facing now. No disrespect to them. So I was expecting that at the very least he'd get the Champions League games. Whereas the Premier League games have been a lot more physical and he's been pushed around a lot, a lot in the Premier League games. So I'm thinking the Burnley game is probably one where if he starts, he probably gets, and if he starts and doesn't, you know, click immediately, he probably gets bullied and, you know, bullied out of the match and rendered ineffective. So I generally prefer if he probably still came off the bench. You know, maybe sixtieth minutes. Um, don't get me wrong; I'm a big fan, and I want him starting. But you know, for now, I think this, as long as he's getting minutes of the bench in rot- and in rotation with other players, then no, I'm fine with it. No, there's no rush with him. He's recently turned twenty-one, so I think for the midfield, I'd probably still go with what we went with against Ajax. Probably in danger of running a mount into the ground. With all the running he's having to do, front three I'd probably go with the same thing. Maybe Falshuai for Tammy. That's really not changing the front three. I'm not like, again big fan of Tammy, but I'm thinking maybe just rotation. You know. Okay. Yeah, and just just for rotation, midfield we're not um, we're not if if we're putting um, if Kante isn't fit then. And Barkley, I don't know. I think well, I don't know if he was injured or let's just assume left Barkley is Same injured. Thing, yeah, yeah, he's injured. Yeah. Oh, oh so that, that way, yeah. That doesn't leave us with. I mean, literally, yeah. the only thing we have, only thing we have to do is the only other thing we can do in midfield is maybe Pulisic for Mount and Pulisic as a ten, as literally the only other. Yeah. You know, we can we can probably do to change the midfield. So the midfield probably stays the same. Attack most likely stays the same. Pedro could have had a word, but uh, it hasn't really been up to mark so far this year. But backline probably will stay the same too. Maybe Emerson for Alonso. Uh, James for Aspilicueta, but that's, that's a toss-up, so... I guess we're most likely going to see by and large the same team that faced Ajax and Newcastle before. That's great. Um, Jimmy, would you would you largely agree with that lineup lineup selection? Would you rotate a lot if you were Frank Lampard? No, no, I don't think that. Well, wait. Um, uh, we have to differentiate between what I'd want and what I think will happen. But even actually, that. Is more uh, is pretty similar to what I think Lampard will go with. I don't think we should rotate this whole team. Uh, this that's a, we're on a run and you know never change a winning system. It says of course we need some uh, rotation, undoubtedly. For example, I, I agree with um, Tammy Abraham could need a rest. Uh, he did have concerns, or Frank Lampard did say at the start of the season, yeah, he hasn't got the fitness to go the full 90, then it makes sense to uh, use a different strike against Burnley. Now, they are a very physical side. Who knows? Maybe we might even see Olivier Giroud start uh, due to their physicality. Though I would... would, It's a long shot. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I just 
could imagine that would happen maybe, but it will probably, if someone else starts than Tammy Abraham, then there will be Mishibashwai. But um, yeah, so I agree that we should change things up there. Up front uh, on the wings, I mean, you know, I just, I love Pedro because he's one of the most highly decorated players in the Premier League. He actually has the most uh, titles, if I'm not mistaken. So great, but I don't really want to see him on the field anymore. So Christian Pulisic has to start. <laughs> Christian Pulisic good, good way has of putting to start. That. And I would say that uh, Callum hudson Doy can start again as well because he needs to get back to his groove of, you know, scoring, scoring touch. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing Callum hudson Doy and Christian Pulisic starting that work very well against uh, Amsterdam, uh, Amsterdam Ajax. And um, otherwise, you know, we don't have that many options if unless certain players return. Reese James starting makes sense, but says Aspilicueta isn't necessarily a player that needs rest. So <laughs> you know what would be cool? Um, Reese James starting in midfield against probably one of the most physical midfields in the Premier League would make a lot of sense. But that's yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> I, I can't see that happening because I know um, he has uh, Lampard has at one point kind of alluded to that maybe happening at some point if necessary yeah. but i don't think that's going to happen it's that's I, I i'd be very very surprised so mm, okay. if you ask me it's going to be uh reese james on the bench but you know if he does start i'll be very happy for him but it, it, it would surprise me i think that actually our back four won't see any changes except if emerson is deemed fit and they're the the news was not actually, you know, a week back or two. Emerson will be back again against Ajax, which he was. He was on the bench. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he'll start against uh, Burnley. That's um, interesting. So I, I really do believe that Emerson, unless, you know, something happens until then, Emerson will start. Otherwise, it's going to be Zuma, Tomori, and Azpilicueta, and Kepa, of course. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, that uh, that's my... my um, my take. Emerson in uh, another striker for Tammy Abraham to give him a rest and Pulisic starting. Otherwise, I don't think we're going to see much change there. What do you okay. think, Ram? Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there are there are a number of things I would do to change it up, <laughs> including playing Reese James in midfield, but yeah, that's, that's probably not going to happen. So, uh, see, the, the thing is there was this phase at Derby County last season, where they were winning a lot of games. Like, remember the time when they beat Man United at Old Trafford? That's that's when Lampard went like five games or something without rotating a single player for the sole reason that they, that they were winning and that there were no injuries. He was very much a don't-change-a-winning-team kind of guy. So don't don't be entirely surprised if there's like one change from the lineup. But what what I think will happen is the back four will remain the same. I think Alonso will start because, well, I don't think Johan Berg Goodmanson is the fastest winger. So Alonso should be able to deal with that. I don't think Burnley is the ideal game to bring Emerson back in. So, yeah, um, I think the back four will remain unchanged. I think that the midfield will probably remain unchanged as well. If it does change, then it'll be in the attacking band. 
that will either be someone coming in place of Tammy Abraham and probably someone coming in place of either William or Callum Hudson-Doy. I hope it's Hudson-Doy because he needs a rest. So that's what I'm anticipating. Okay, that, that makes sense as well. You know, um, giving Hudson-Doy a rest, understand that, um, especially as he didn't play the full 90, would make sense then to start William. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that... That, that that makes perfect sense. Um, we'll just have to see, mm-hmm. uh, ultimately. And um, I, I'm fairly confident. Once again, you know, you wouldn't expect it, but I'm I'm fairly confident. How do you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't know. It's just just you know. I've got. A I feeling... like the new. I like the new you, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> well. Actually, while I was being so pessimistic, we were winning games. So I'm going to go with oh Chelsea. No, no, I'm jinxing it. Otherwise, oof, this is a difficult situation. Mm, uh, I, I was I went with a draw against Ajax. So I'm going to go with a narrow two-one win for Chelsea away at Turf Four. <laughs> yeah, Ali, what's your prediction score-wise? Oh, I'm a I'm a bold guy, so um going to go for a 3-0 win. Blimey. Okay. That, that's confidence. <laughs> what do you think, Ram? I think I think we're going to win 3-1 because they will definitely score from a set piece. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, we're, we're talking about Burnley here with all due respect. I mean, I mean, why should I be talking about respect? Set pieces are a valuable part of the game and they're good at them. So... I think I think they will score from a set piece, but then I think we'll be too good for them. So, yeah, one one three is my prediction. Okay, yeah, that's that's a, that's also a good one. I think three nil. I'd love us to get a clean sheet against them uh, them lot, but be very surprised. Anyway, so yeah, um, that's all for today. I'm your host, Jimmy Funnel. And Ram and I am, are, sorry, (laughs) (laughs) logging off from today's episode. Um, Ali, thanks for coming on. It was great to have you on, hear your opinions outside also of the Daily Hilaria and all the other threads. It's great to get to know our fellow community members. Um, Absolutely love having you on again in the future. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, enjoyed it massively. Okay, brilliant. Then that's all from us. We'll see you next time and keep the blue flag flying high.